Hey guys, I'm Ambar Mehta and this is Dev Manik you're listening to That Side Over There the podcast for your future. In this podcast we are going to explore the life of a student who has completed a masters in USA and is currently working there. We'll talk about everything from lifestyle to struggles and how she got acquainted to measuring stuff from meters to football fields. Yes, she has completed her BTech in biotechnology from DY Patel University and she has done her masters in biotechnology I guess uh, from University of Florida. Biomedical engineering actually. I I switched my major. Oh okay yeah. Okay. Kushbu, uh, we just want you to introduce yourself to our audience. Of course. So hi guys. Like uh, Amber and Dave said, my name is Kushbu, and uh, I finished my B Tech in biotechnology from India, and currently I. um i am living in boston and working for a biotech company which uh, focuses on gene therapy medicines that make gene therapy medicines and uh, yeah i i uh, had a dream of doing my masters in the usa and so um after my btech in biotechnology from dy patel i uh, came to the us to study biomedical engineering at the university of florida and um, i hope i can help people in any way i can Wow, sounds really interesting. So, Kushbu, we have a rapid fire round over here. We will have two options for you, and you need to choose one. Okay? Okay. So here it goes. Pani puri or pav bhaji? Pani puri. Night in Paris or day in Barcelona? Night in Paris. Fifty years in California or five months in Alaska? Fifty years in California. India or USA? USA. Mumbai or Pune? Mumbai. Imperial unit or metric units? Imperial units. Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Florida or Boston? Florida. No music for life, no movie for life. No movies for life. Morning person or night person? Neither. Okay. Uh, your favorite cartoon? Tom and Jerry. That seems great. That was good <laughs> enough for us to know you. Yeah. That was fun. So Kushbu, we want to ask you some questions, and we want you to answer them. So first of all, we will start with your life here in India. What made you think about going to US, going to in this field? What was your plan when you were in tenth? So when I was in tenth, uh, as we all have really weird plans when you are in tenth, right? You have dreams of becoming something, and and I had a similar similar plan of how my life would be, um, but that didn't necessarily involve going to the US. I I knew that I was gonna pick science uh, when I was in my eleventh and twelfth, because I mean, I, my dad's a doctor, and I love science, so. I it was just a given. I never really liked maths, so commerce was out of uh, question, and arts. Well, I didn't really think of it. So I knew that going forward, I would you know pursue science. And then I really did not have a plan on what I wanted to be. But you know how in India they make you choose, right? It during our times it was do you want to give NEET or do you want to give uh, the AI Triple E exam for engineering. and so i knew that i did not want to do ai triple e so i i enrolled myself in uh, kalra shukla classes i don't know if they are still on but uh, i i got enrolled in that and i joined the neat uh, batch 
and so i i knew that i wanted to do something in the science field but i have always been a very confused person in terms of career and so i really did not know what i was going to do um but uh, yeah i so once i joined kalra shukla and neat exams i i actually i was very rebellious i think when i was in 11th and 12th i think like we all are and and i thought that oh you know because my dad is a doctor i'm not going to become a doctor i'm going to be something else and uh, that's why like i continued in the neat program because there was no other option like you either had to pick engineering or medical um and then i thought i would figure out on the way depending on how things went so it was i would say like i think 11th and 12th like it is for most people i don't know but for me it was very conflicted because i you don't really know what you want to do you have big plans you know big ambitions but um, i just i guess followed the crowd and uh, yeah i kept studying for neat i gave the neat exam actually and and it it went well i think so we we came across biotechnology which was very uh, very upcoming at that time and i think it still is uh, at dy patel and the thing that i loved about that course at dy patel was that throughout our seven semesters right so the eighth semester was going to be a project so six months you're just doing a project but for the first seven semesters you have six new subjects every semester so you're not learning the same thing ever again so imagine seven semesters and six new subjects so you get introduced to 42 new 42 new subjects and that was very exciting for me because as a confused person i thought that this was a good way to get introduced to different fields and then i could pick what i wanted to do so that was how i got into the biotechnology program at dy patel and i spent 4 years there learning so many new things and so many different subjects and i think that's when i realized that i really loved physiology and i really really did want to become a doctor i loved you know biomedical devices i loved medicine um and so i decided to change my major and do biomedical engineering when i did my masters that is really really great so everyone who is confused out there you just have to follow the flow it takes you somewhere but you eventually find the outlet for this river i guess you figure out your passions as you go through the journey i think there are some people that i i knew a lot of my batchmates and i'm sure you have friends like that who just know what they want to do you know there are always these people who just have a plan who have it all figured out okay i'm going to be this and i was never that person and and i just I, i initially i felt very bad that i'm not that person who knows what they want to do and actually i still don't uh but there is a beauty in sort of figuring out your path right there is there is something attractive about people who know what they want to do but there's also some uh thrill in not knowing what you're going to do next so i always felt like i was one of those people that, that you know didn't know what she was going to do next but i would figure it out eventually so this was what you did here in india so when you were determined like i want to go to usa and i want to do my masters how did you plan it through it was confusing i'm sure but how did you start with the process yes so it was it was not so i always knew i wanted to come to the us so that is one thing that i knew um and i think that it's a combination of different things one i always was very uh, interested and excited about life abroad because i had traveled to the us once before 
so i knew what life was like here a little bit for vacation actually i just come um but i knew i was going to study i wanted to study here uh so the decision to to come to the us was not a confusing one i was very clear i wanted to do it uh the actual preparations i would say started after my or in my third year actually so there are a few things that you need to do in order to before you even start the application process um some of them are like there's a checklist basically so your first things first is gre taking your gre taking your toefl um getting ready for your recommendation letters from your professors um picking universities writing your sop these are just some of the things that you have to do and and they say that you typically need one whole year before you actually apply to do all of these things so for me uh, in my third year i i was very lucky that i had a few friends who had already been here and i also had a few friends who were also aspiring to come to the us just like me so you know when you have friends doing the same things you you also naturally get encouraged and motivated to do things so i would say that i started off by preparing for gre now there are two options that people uh, who are thinking about this can do which is either join a counseling firm like i did uh, or they could you know just prepare for gre on their own so the counseling services basically help you uh not just for exams but they help you throughout your process like they would guide you on what next you have to do and and i found that very helpful because you know or at every step you know what's going to happen next or you at least have an idea of what to do next so they would tell you that okay you start with gre prep which is what i did you prep prepare for gre you give your gre then there's toefl which are the two exams uh this is specific for the us though i know that canada requires ielts and does not require gre so depending on what country you decide to go um your process would look a little bit different and uh, so i actually skipped one step which is deciding which country because like i said i was very sure that i that it was going to be us but i think that for anybody aspiring to study abroad their first question would be which country right and why so i guess once you have decided which country is good for your field or you know which country is more or less expensive what are the flexibilities with the program you begin preparing for the exams then you think about like letter of recommendations which is basically three usually they need three rec- letters of recommendation from your professors or people you've worked with and then you know you go on to writing your sop which is like a statement of purpose where you are writing an essay on why you want to do what you want to do and you know it's a long list which i'm sure we'll talk about in the next segment but to give a broad idea it was in my third year that i started doing all of this and in the fourth year when people are actually uh, getting when people are ready with all of this stuff is when you actually do the applications for the uh, university okay so do universities prefer people with work experience or is it fine if you go without it yeah so this was one of our concerns too so in my case i immediately went after my bachelor's but there are some people who prefer to work for a few years before they go to the us or any other country for their higher studies uh the answer to this is that it depends on your field for example 
um i have a few friends who are in um uh, information technology or computer science or uh information systems uh fields like that those fields require you to have some experience so you would always be better off if you came to the us with one or two years of experience um and the reason for that is because here a lot of people in your class would be from different backgrounds like computer science or it and they would all have had some sort of experience and so if you want to be at par with them people usually say that it's better that you know you have one or two years of experience so that you are on the same level as you know intellectually as them in my case because biotechnology is was very upcoming in india itself and in my case i was changing my major right so that is another thing that i think we should talk about later but the flexibility of being able to change your major when you move for your studies abroad is something that i think everybody should consider because if you don't like what you're doing you can always you know switch here and i think that's the beauty of america at least i know i've known people who have been doctors for years and then they decide to become lawyers so uh that is something that and if if you're in a stage where you want to switch then i think you should make the switch immediately while you're still studying instead of working in a company and then doing the switch okay. so yeah that's i think the bottom line okay was was that switch easy like or did you have to prepare for it and how was that so honestly i thought it would be much more difficult uh but it wasn't because in my case i know it sounds like a big shift from biotech to biomedical engineering but it wasn't really that big of a shift because even in biomedical engineering you have two broad areas and one of it is focused on medical devices and the other one is focused on tissue engineering right so medical devices is the branch that would need would have needed me to learn uh let's say autocad or python or sql or you know programming languages um and lot of uh, electronics and stuff like that but i chose tissue engineering which is very similar to biotechnology it's only more of engineering so for me uh i chose tissue engineering and, and so it was not really that big of a shift but i know that if i would have picked medical devices uh, i would have had to take a lot of prerequisites take a lot of classes to learn basic matlab or you know learn basic programming languages and coding which i never really have done in my life you have landed in usa did you convert everything to rupees <laughs> absolutely i mean i don't know anybody who doesn't at least for the first 6 months or i think i did that for almost a year where you go out to have pizza and it's like 10 dollars and you're converting it to like oh shit 700 rupees for a pizza i'm not getting that let's just cook at home so i think everybody does that and i i, I did that too and all of my friends did that so it's very painful what do you like most about being in usa i think that being in india we don't have or at least I think most people don't have the kind of freedom that you have when you come here. So I think for me uh the most important thing was independence. And you know how you're always in India staying with your parents and you know you're used to doing your mom, they're used to doing your mom doing stuff for you and you know you're always protected in this shell. 
but coming to the US I think that when you start doing things on your own uh you learn a lot more than when somebody's you know holding your hand through everything so i think that the fact that this country gives you the opportunity to do a lot of things that you can't really do back home so the fact that you get to do a lot of things on your own i think and i tell this to all my friends just shapes you uh into who you are right because you you have to think of everything like i don't think when i was in india i ever knew what going to the bank was or what you know writing a check was or how to pay your electricity bill or how to cook or you know how do you figure out stuff like figuring out is what you learn when you come here and i think that usa really lets you do that in terms of everything like let's say i i don't think i could have change to biomedical engineering in india if i would have applied for masters in biomedical engineering in india i probably don't think i would even get accepted so the freedom and the flexibility and the independence is what i love the most yeah helps you grow definitely so kushbu did you face any racism in usa uh in short not as much as i had expected i like i said i went to under uh, to for my masters in florida which is a very very republican state so i was expecting a lot more racism and uh you know i was expecting a lot more harsh treatment but but i think that when i was at florida uh the university i went to was university of florida is in a very small town called gainesville and it's a very very it's 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 what they call here a college town so basically the entire town is just university buildings and students right so i would say i did not face that much of racism but of course there have been a few instances where i'd be walking on the street and you know somebody would just some car passing by would make comments or stuff like that but i would i think that was very rare it only happened to me like once or twice so how was your university experience education wise different than in india yeah so so one of the coolest things about i i absolutely loved my time at the university of florida so i think that i made a good choice uh one of the things that i loved about the university was the flexibility of programs and and i don't know if these things have changed in india but the thing the way it was when i was back there and i know i talk i'm talking like i'm a really old person it's only been 3 years but uh, we did not get to choose our courses neither in undergrad nor in masters i think i think now there are programs that let you choose but here you can literally design your program so i decide what my program was going to be i decide what lab i want to do research in i decided what my field of interest was so that was one big change and when you give people that power or the option or the choice to choose your program it's obviously going to be tailored to what i'm interested in the most right so i think that was very helpful the other most important thing or a major change is the way they teach here so i know in india it's like you have lectures and then you have exams and and you know it's 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 almost like that but here it's very different like here at least most grad school classes would be more interactive like the class would be for example the class would be like everybody is given a paper to read you come in in you come in class obviously assuming that you've read the paper and you have a discussion with your peers that way i thought the the way of teaching here is very is more practical application based yeah 
so in india right now like we are gaining a little more becoming a little more flexible like we have the option of studying data analytics with electronics also the new education policy allows uh, a lot brings in a lot of like vocational courses like maybe they are teaching plumbing and they are teaching all those other skills so that people can uh, we can produce more qualified people in that area as well so things are changing slowly but steadily yeah no that is great that is really great because i feel like if you confine people to one particular set or a set program or a set course it's not going to fit everybody right it's it's when you give students the option to choose it it also gives you the freedom to design your own program but at the same time it also sort of helps you figure out what you really like so i think it's really great that uh, that that programs in india are also doing that so uh, there was a recent news like since you are in the biomedical background he jian kui a person in china he started gene editing and made the first genome editing babies in 2018 which led to ethical and legal controversies so what are your views on the same yeah it's a very good question actually and and you're right so so when that guy he he basically made the first genetically edited embryo and the first gene edited baby um uh, it's called they're called designer babies cuz you know you can pick what eye color you want um i think one thing that's important to know is that he had good intentions his intentions were to make babies that would never contract hiv so he had edited their genome or tweaked it in such a way that they would not contract hiv right so that was his intention but uh there were a lot of ethical and you know ethical dilemmas because once you have the power to edit somebody's genome you're basically it's endless right the possibilities are endless like let's say tomorrow parents want kids who will excel in math or who they want to become mathematicians let's say there is a gene that we identify for you know for to make somebody good at math you can't really do these things right it's it's so unethical so there are pros and cons of this technology and and i recently it, it actually attended a convention uh, on crispr crispr is basically the technology to edit uh, genomes um, and that is what i work on too uh, where it is they say that it's a very gray area right at the end of the day you have to have that faith in humanity that people don't necessarily do these things for their advantage because it also if you think about it can be used in so many good ways right what if you could if there what if there was a gene for cr- crime right what if you could edit bad people be become good people in a very layman term like i'm not saying that there is a gene for bad people i'm just saying that their possibilities are endless and so i think in the end it depends very much on whether you have that faith in humanity or not because right now the debate is if they should make that um ethical if designer babies or editing the genome should be made legal uh because once you give that permission to people i'm sure there are math scientists everywhere that are going to try everything possible right i want blue eyes i want brown hair i want a muscular guy or baby whatever so the debate is whether you should put your faith in humanity um and you know 
give a go for it in in my opinion i think that i think humanity is worth putting faith in i think that yes sure we will get a lot of bad results but we will also get so many good results that i think that is worth it like what if we could you know cure autism what if no kid ever was born with down syndrome or blindness or you know cystic fibrosis all these genetic diseases that could be good cure so there's a very fine line and uh, yeah i think it will be a, a subject of debate for a very long time or sacrifice for greater good correct exactly sacrifice for the greater good possibilities are limitless but very tight regulations will be needed i guess true true and in fact that was what came out of the convention that the possibilities are endless but you need to have very strict restrictions and rules on what you can and can't edit because you have to have such restrictions in place otherwise people are just going to go to town and do random crazy stuff so enhance soldiers for war and or what not right Oh my god yeah i mean we have seen enough marvel movies to know what we can do so <laughs> uh. i saw your profile and noticed that you have taken up quite a few research positions can you tell us more about that yeah so one thing that the us or at least promote programs here focus on is research so um when you are in school or when you are studying everybody is encouraged to take up research in whatever area they want uh the research that i did in my during my masters was partly mandatory in my program and partly optional so i was part of a nanotechnology lab at uf um which focused on making these uh how do i so basically the goal of the lab was to use nanotechnology to cure diseases so that includes nanoparticles that includes you know understanding the tumor microenvironment and seeing how we can tackle cancer or osteoarthritis diseases like that so i started off as a i started off as a researcher just as a normal person who wanted to learn more about it and then eventually uh, i was part of that lab for uh, for three semesters so almost one and a half years of my program which was two years my program was two years and uh, in the end i was um, i took up a project in the lab and uh, worked towards developing uh, a treatment or a therapy injectable therapy to treat osteoarthritis so that was my research position at uf uh after that i because my back because my experience was research i took up an internship in another company in florida which was also a research and development internship where the company was a biotech company again focused on nerve regeneration so uh you know you it's very difficult to regenerate nerves and neurons do not repl- replicate so the company's idea was to make these uh make possible the the idea of nerve regeneration and so i worked in that uh research area for 3 or 4 months and now here uh in boston i'm working for a company called editas medicine which like i mentioned before is focused on gene editing so here at at my company we are trying to find gene editing solutions for uh genetic diseases like sickle cell or hemophilia and stuff like that so i think because i started off as research i ended up having all positions in research but moving forward i'm going to switch gears a little bit and try to do something else but research is a great way to learn i think that's why they encourage research so much here because when you have to figure out 
research is basically just figuring out stuff like how would you solve this problem or how would you solve that problem yes that's why america has so many startups and innovation and a lot of other stuff yeah yeah so uh, what lessons do you think does the covid-19 pandemic hold for the world's health system i think that the biggest lesson that it holds is that we are not prepared for what's coming right um there is a very popular ted talk i think by bill gates and uh, i when the pandemic had just begun in march i watched that ted talk this is bill gates talking 2 years back and he says in that ted talk that we are not prepared he predicted everything that would happen and he said that you know we're not prepared and uh, that look at what happened right exactly we are not prepared we think that we 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 actually don't think that something like a virus could be such a big threat to humanity right we think it would be war we think it would be natural disasters we think it would be you know earthquakes or so much but we never really think about what a virus or what a pandemic could do to, to the population and i think the biggest takeaway from all of this is you can't underestimate anything and you you know always have to be prepared for the worst case scenario so i think everybody has learned that lesson and uh, yeah i think i think we are working towards it uh, but you you know we're still a far far way from home a mutation of coronavirus has occurred in uk give your comments on that yeah so it 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 sounds very scary and honestly being in the gene therapy field and i've worked with viruses before so i know how common it is for viruses to mutate and and just uh, just fun fact this is the reason why nobody's ever developed a vaccine for flu right because the flu virus mutates so fast that even if you make a vaccine for it it's going to mutate immediately and you know you you the vaccine won't be effective anymore and that is my worry that is really my worry with this virus as of now they are saying that uh, it's not that big of a deal because the coronavirus also has mutated a lot and that is the reason you in india there's a different strain and in america there is a different strain of the coronavirus and that's because it keeps mutating so it is definitely scary but one good thing is that these two vaccines that have come out which is the pfizer mrna vaccine and the modern moderna mrna vaccine are very easy to tweak so they are spike protein vaccines which means that the vaccine is for the mrna of the spike protein so imagine that if the virus mutates it's going to make a different spike protein which means that the vaccine won't work anymore against that spike protein right but the thing is that one thing about vaccines is once there is immunity against the virus even though it started off with the spike protein eventually the antibodies target for different parts of the virus so that is one hope why they think that the vaccines would still work and second even if the spike protein is mutated they can still very easily change the sequence of the sequence of the mrna and tweak the vaccine so that is the hope but i'm definitely scared because it says that they say that this is a lot more infective than the um, old ones so yeah this just means that you know it's not over yet so we could be under these restrictions for a quite a long time the social distancing and all that yeah i i really hope that i think that so masks are going to be there for a very long time whether we get vaccines or no so i definitely don't think that's going anywhere 
the social distancing too i mean i know that people in india are just acting like nothing has happened even here actually for that matter we are all just tired of the pandemic and you know not meeting people and not doing stuff but yeah it would i don't think anybody in that neck at least one to two years next is going to say not to social distance it's just in fact companies here a lot of it and computer science and you know these tech companies here have officially said that work from home for everybody um unlike people like us which we have to go to the lab every day so we do go to the lab but uh, people who can work from home have to work from home because it's the safest that's word in mumbai right now we are not seeing the second wave like predicted we have comparatively lesser cases than other parts of the world i know so i wanted to ask you guys i hear that there's a lot of under reporting uh, of cases do you think it's what ha- is happening or do you think that there are really no cases you never know it's we can't say for definite you can't find the truth maybe maybe not in india it's not that as transparent as other parts of the world so we we can't ever predict that no no it's not transparent anywhere you know that china under reported so much right i mean that's yeah. at least that's the news so it's not it's not really uh, transparent anywhere but uh, it's very surprising that there are so little cases in india and and in fact even the people who are getting the virus are not reacting as severely um as much as people are here and and like i said maybe this has to do with um a lot of things like a different strain or increased immunity or you know just a lot of things. 2020 has been a rough year for everyone so how rough was it for you uh it was pretty hard i would say it was very difficult uh i so i got this job in november and uh, november of 2019 um and so i moved to boston which is a completely new place and uh very very different weather conditions florida is beautiful perfect amazing like india it's very warm and humid and you have beautiful beaches and then you come to boston which is basically you know freezing half of the year so it was a big change and um I actually wanted to visit India before I started my job but that was not an option so I ended up visiting India in Jan actually I was in India in Jan and I think I just got back in time I got back the end of Jan uh but starting March there were talks of the coronavirus and you know everybody started talking about a lockdown and and that's when even companies here in cambridge we were all amongst ourselves started talking okay is this really serious or you know is this just another thing and i don't know if you know but there was a big uh, i forget oh god i forget but there was a big conference here oh biogen there was a big biogen conference in boston um in cambridge actually uh that is predicted to be the start of a big big spread in boston and in massachusetts cuz three about 3000 people from italy and everywhere had visited uh in that conference and a lot of them had the coronavirus and uh, once the conference was over you know it was just a big big surge in cases so immediately we we went into lockdown from march um and that was very tough because i live by myself so i used to live with three roommates in florida um and uh, when i moved here i i got this place by myself and because of the lockdown um i remember there would be some i think for a month 
or a month and a half i did not see anybody like i didn't meet any people the only people i could talk to was was the receptionist in my building like that's literally all that we spoke to we didn't go out the labs were shut so i think that was very very tough because you lose a sense of purpose right you lose the touch with so your social life you're not meeting friends and family and anyway we are all away we are so away from family so that's always in the back of our minds uh but the one good thing that happened is i think starting june um was it june or may i think june uh, is when my company decided that they were going to let the researchers go back to lab um and they had a lot of a uh, lot of restrictions in place like we got our temperature ta- taken we worked in shifts we still work in shifts it's been 10 months but we still work in shifts um and uh, yeah so that at least let me go to the lab and work because being a researcher if i'm not going to the lab uh, as you can imagine there is not much i can do at home i can maybe write reports i can maybe read papers i can maybe analyze data but i can't really do a lot of unless i'm in lab so that went on for quite a few months and i think it was around september that people started traveling a little bit that's when i made a few trips to visit my uh, family here um and that definitely made me feel better but again like i said i think i lost my sense of purpose like what was i supposed to do next what do people do next right um so i think that was the biggest biggest challenge kushbu is there something which you want to tell to our audience i guess one important thing is that uh whether or not you're planning to study abroad or do whatever it is in your life that you want to do the most important thing i think is the will right the will to do and you you must want to do what you want to do like it it can't be forced it can't be because everybody else is doing it it can't be because nobody is doing it so i must do it these are not valid reasons to do what you want to do the one valid reason is that you must want to do it so i think when once you have the will to do these things then the next steps become they come naturally like for example you guys you you are entrepreneurs right you want to make something new you want to start these amazing initiatives to help people or you know and i think that that's the most important thing that once you want to do something uh then you automatically start thinking of what you have to do next in order to achieve that dream so i think that is very important so whether it is for you guys like whether it is coming here or not coming here or starting this startup or or starting a new startup in 6 months like whatever it is as long as you have the will to do what you want to do i think you guys um, should be good that's really reassuring yeah that's that really helps us as people who are just coming up coming out of that cover of you know comfort it really helps yeah. to see people who are who were at our place at some time and now they are doing the things which they yeah. wanted no it's incredible because i always tell everybody and even my friends and my family and you know even amisha that i'm not an innovator i'm not an entrepreneur i am very good at doing things that i'm told and so i have so much admiration for people like you who are always thinking outside the box always starting these initiatives and you need followers but you also need leaders right 
so so it's very and and i and it's great to see that you're not getting discouraged i'm sure you've had so many obstacles right and it was it could have been very easy to just say you know what uh, screw it i'm not doing this um and you all are so young actually and and you're thinking about all this from such a young age and you know it's just it's very inspiring and and it's very admirable so keep doing what you're doing once you are into it you just keep thinking about it in some only other way it is always in your mind right now in india the atmosphere is like really entrepreneurial like what was in us 10 years back i guess is happening right now so the the kind of silicon valley boom and what all happened at that time all those startups so everyone saying that the next google or the next microsoft will come from india and so yeah we're working towards it the ecosystem is really powerful right now there's a lot of government support as well for startups and stuff that is great and you know i i always tell everybody and in fact i noticed this even when i came here that indians are naturally so hard working i mean i don't want to stereotype and say that americans are not hard working but i want to say that you know we have this natural we are very ambitious people and i am i'm very proud of that fact that you know we always are thinking of doing more and more and and that's why people like you who have all these amazing ideas should not be confined and you know you should you should do whatever it takes to uh yeah do whatever you want to do since we are young there are no restrictions over us like family or nothing we can actually go yeah. ahead and do stuff the risk taking yeah. ability is a lot right it's now. very hard yeah. definitely yeah. definitely and also like since you are young it's easier to make mistakes right can you because you can afford to make mistakes because when you get older there's more responsibilities and every mistake will cost you a lot more but right now you can just like you said you learned so much from your first two startups right you you learned that you need to analyze the market and you know so that's that's very helpful and and if you had done this 10 years later i'm sure that that mistake would have cost you um but right now you just got better and that's what it is about so do you guys have any guidance like i meant to ask because i know i'm not an entrepreneur but i took a lot of classes here or i know a lot of people here who take entrepreneur classes and and you know there's some sort of guidance for them so do you have that person or that something guiding you or are you on your own yes so i am like i am the core committee member of the entrepreneurship cell in my college and we have professors as guides as well as we are connected to mentors outside who are on alumni as well as non alumni who are into different domains and have started their own startup so we can always talk to them and they kind of help us out figure things out that's great and and you know if i can help you guys in any way let me know and i was also thinking about like if if you if this if this you think this has gone well and you want to continue doing this then maybe once a month or something we could talk about specific topics right for people let's say who want to change their major maybe i could give them some tips on you know what to do for people who are trying to change their major or how do you pick universities basically small things that will help people because this was like a broad overview right but i'm sure people would be interested in listening to the specifics So if you want to do something like that yeah please let me know and I would be happy to help. Yes guys the people who are listening you guys can always ask us questions and we'll direct them to Kojbu. Yeah that would be great so we can have a more interactive session with questions which were sent by you guys. 
okay it was a great talk khushbu thanks for coming on the podcast with us thank you for having me all the very best and uh, yeah like i said let me know if i can do anything to help so thank you very much guys for joining in today and tuning in this was khushbu undavia a biomedical engineer if you guys want us to ask any questions to her you can just tell us and just tune in for future sessions with different people and khushbu as uh, she said right now that she would love to tune with us in future so that would be great thank you very much for joining in today thank you guys